Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast. This is the final episode before the NFL draft begins. And today we are going to be talking about dynasty players that you need to trade before the NFL draft begins. These are players to trade for, players to trade away, and everything in between. But there's a lot of discussion to be had because when the NFL draft is coming, obviously a lot of things are going to change, whether it's players that teams are going to draft or personnel and there's going to be a lot of ins and outs and different things that go all in between. And that might sound confusing, but that is why I am here with the stat master himself, Ben Wolby, to break this all down. We are going to start with quarterback and go through running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And our number one player that we need to be trading away in Dynasty, we have some trade for players, some trade away players, but we are going to start with quarterback and work our way down. So, Ben, as always, we will start with you. Who is one quarterback that you should be trading for or against? Alex, thanks for uh, welcoming me as always, but I am going to be trading for Daniel Jones before the NFL draft. This guy was the quarterback seven last year, and he's currently the quarterback 16. I'll keep trade uh, cut, and I'm not a huge Daniel Jones guy, but that is a price mismatch. It is a screaming buy. In my opinion, he is an elite mobile quarterback. He was fourth in rush attempts last year, fifth in rushing yards, and he had the fourth most yards post contact per rush per true media and the third most expected points added from rushing plays among quarterbacks per SIS. Not only is he a good rusher, he was a pretty solid passer last year, only five interceptions, the lowest interception per attempt rate among all starting quarterbacks. Uh, never mind the fact that he had a good season last year, but the Giants just committed to him for a four-year, $160 million contract. Uh, Alex, do you mind if I take a second to talk about the Giants' biggest needs this Please. this year Absolutely. for the NFL draft? Of course. Uh, they need to bolster this offense. They need to improve their offensive line, and they need to improve their wide receiver situation. I think we all know that the wide receiver room in, in New York kind of stinks. But uh, my bold prediction for the draft is the Giants will walk away from the draft with either trading for a wide receiver like Brandon Ayuk or DeAndre Hopkins or drafting JSN, whose odds are currently plus 900 to go to New York, the sixth most likely of any team. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to have an improved offense in just a week from now. And he was stellar last year. He's, he's screaming, bye. I'm buying him. Yeah, I cannot stop buying Daniel Jones myself. I am curious about just the like last season, obviously, was the best season of his career. But I'm curious to see if that will continue. But for me, my number one trade four at the quarterback position is none other than Kyler Murray. Right now, he's just massively discounted because of a torn ACL, but he's been a top 10 QB in points per game every season of his career. He had over 20 fantasy points per game as a rookie. He's had 22 plus points per game every year after that. And he is one of four quarterbacks with that 22 or more points per game each of the last three years with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. He's also been top 10 in rushing points per game every year. He's got that five-year contract. They have a new coach coming in that will hopefully help these offense. I mean, I think that for me, Kyler Murray is someone that should only be bought right now, especially if you're not contending and you can afford to be on the come up a little bit. He's still just 25 years old. I'm all in on Kyler Murray. How are you feeling about him? Got to be honest, Alex. I'm a little worried about his shelf life. I think we saw yeah. it with Cam Newton a bit, some major injuries to mobile quarterbacks. It just really takes a toll. He's a really good rusher, but he's the QB nine right now. I personally might sell at that price. 
Yeah, I, I'm not ready to sell just yet. I think with the rushing points per game and you see the guys that are along that list, like your Patrick Mahomes is and your Josh Allen. So I think that the one thing that Kyler Murray is that Cam Newton was not is a great passer. I mean, like Kyler Murray across the board is much yeah. better overall career passing statistics and efficiencies more than Cam Newton does. But I think that is a fair point, especially with his smaller size. You know, he doesn't, you know, he cannot afford to take hits as much as Cam Newton could. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But let's move on to running backs that we might trade for or trade away. Ben, we'll go back to you. Who's a running back that you feel strongly about? I'm I'm really trying to trade away Cam Akers. I feel like last October there was this mad scramble where it was like, we all need to trade away Cam Akers because the Rams want to trade away Cam Akers. And then he ends the season with three 100-yard rushing games with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. And everyone is like, oh, we forget all about that. We love Cam Akers. I got something fun for you, Alex. Uh, I'm, I'm going to name some players, all right? I have Please. a list of six players real quick. Sam Rogers, John Kelly, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, Jake Funk, Kyron Williams. Any idea? I think those are all Rams running backs. They're all Rams running backs. They are Rams running backs. Sean McVay has taken at least one running back in every single NFL draft. At least one. And I tried to draft Cam Akers his rookie year. I tried to draft Daryl Henderson. I did draft Jake Funk, and I tried to trade for Kyron Williams. So why are we so sure that Cam Akers is going to be this valuable asset in Dynasty? If the Rams draft a running back, which history shows that they will, how soon until Cam Akers' stock takes a hit and we're infatuated with the new guy? Listen, I get why he's worth a flyer, but I'd rather have a second-round pick and my last point that I'll make here is my 2023 total yards model has the Rams as a bottom 10 rushing offense in this upcoming season. So I'm getting away from Cam Akers where I can. Do you, what do you say to the people though, that, that I mean, like they say that, okay, Ben, well, Cam Akers is going to turn 24 years old. You know, he just mm-hmm. saw extreme rushing output at the end of the season. If they give him the volume, regardless of what the offense looks like, if he continues to see around 20 plus touches He's going to turn 24 before this season starts. Like, why not buy him at the running back 26 price when he's going behind guys like, you know, David Montgomery or Damian Pierce even? Like, what what is your argument to those people? I think my argument is that he may not fail. He may get those 20 touches a game, but he's only averaged 11 rushes per game since he's entered the league, 15 in games that he starts. But when the Rams were actively trying to get rid of him, nobody wanted him. And if you believe in Acres, hold him. I'm not saying that you need to be, you know, buying him or, or whatever. You don't need to sell him, no shame. But if you're looking to capitalize on value, the Rams are going to draft a running back this week. His stock is going to take a hit. And Cam Akers, I mean, read the writing on the wall. You know, they tried to get rid of him and couldn't. He, he can't be yeah. that valuable. That's that is completely fair. I think for me, the guy that I might trade Cam Akers for, if you're if someone is willing to sell low, is DeAndre Swift. He is the next guy that I am trying to trade for in dynasty leagues. I mean, in his three-year career so far, his worst finish was the running back 21. Obviously, health is the biggest concern. Can this guy stay on the field and can he stay productive for an entire season? But I think that when you look at his running back 18 price in dynasty, there's just too much there to not go after him, especially when you look at, you know, since 2017, there were three running backs ever to be targeted on 23 plus percent of their routes at age 21 or younger. That list is DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. 
Barkley is also one of seven running backs to ever earn a 6.7 or higher grade from Lance Zerlin. The other six are Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, and Todd Gurley. All of those guys have multiple top eight seasons. And I think that, yes, David Montgomery is there. And I know that Jamal Williams might be gone, but I don't think that it's going to hurt him that much. I think that Jamal Williams is more of a goal line back than David Montgomery was. And I think that Montgomery is probably closer to what Swift does, which I think actually helps Swift because I think he is just a much better version of what David Montgomery is. That's why I'm, I'm in on him. But you seem to have a little bit more concern than I might. I do. I think that I, I do think that uh, Montgomery is going to come in and he's going to fill that Jamal Williams role. He was a much better rusher uh, in the red zone than Jamal Williams was last year. And that's just my big concern because as great as DeAndre Swift is, as good as we want him to be, I want him to score touchdowns. Yeah. And then that's the biggest problem is, is whether or not he is going to get the goal line carries. If he does, I think that he is going to be a massive value in dynasty if he continues to stay healthy and score touchdowns. But those are also the two biggest things that are also that have been holding him back so far in his career. But let's move on to wide receivers and some I think we have a little bit of some differing opinions here that I'm excited to talk about. So we'll start with you first. Who's a wide receiver that you'd like to trade for in dynasty? I went to this guy a few weeks back, but ahead of the draft, I need to reiterate how much we should be trading for Trey Lon Burks. I, I talked about him a few weeks ago, and I'm going to talk about it from a different angle. He was drafted 18th overall last year. The Titans are not going to continue to overinvest in this position, even though wide receiver is a big need of theirs. Yes, Chigo Konkwo is looking to continue that year two breakout, but there are much bigger needs for this offense than the wide receiver position. For example, they need to replace three offensive linemen. I, I know that they also are looking to upgrade their quarterback, but no matter what Traylon Burks will have a massive target share in 2023 when Austin Hooper and uh, Robert Woods freed up over 150 targets, a potential situation for you. Let's say they do end up with a quarterback. Let's say somehow CJ Stroud falls to them or they trade up for CJ Stroud. Suddenly Traylon Burks, his value is going to skyrocket because he is a really good quarterback. Even if they trade for a quarterback, I, you know, anything that happens at the quarterback position is going to improve Traylon Burks's um, stock. And even if Ryan Tannehill comes back for 2023, he might be a cap casualty. But if he comes back, Tannehill was able to elevate AJB, AJB to three straight 13-plus fantasy point-per-game seasons. So to bare minimum, we know that Traylon Burks is going to have a massive target share and either a capable quarterback or a quarterback upgrade. He's the wide receiver 39 on keep trade cut. He's a screaming buy. Buy this guy before the NFL draft. I think the I think that I, I disagree on on Traylon Burks, but the the wide receiver thirty nine price is is tough because that is that is really cheap to get a potential yeah. wide receiver one on any NFL team. But do you know where the Titans fall in in your yards model? Like where like you said that the Rams were aimed to be a bottom you know rushing offense, for example. But where do you have the Titans as a passing offense? Because there is a little bit of quarterback uncertainty whether it's going to be Ryan Tannehill, it could be Malik Willis. Maybe they grab someone in the draft that signs early on. And or maybe they even you know sign someone late in the summer. So with that uncertainty at quarterback and what their offense could look like with potentially losing Derrick Henry because there's been talks they trade him. Like, how do you see this Titans offense playing out? And do you think that a lower volume passing offense is really going to stimmy what Traylon Burks could do in his year two? 
So it's funny. I actually do have the Titans as a bottom 10 offense next season. That said, you're still discounting the fact that this is a guy who had a 24% target share when he was on the field last year. And Mike Vrabel is going to keep this, you know, he, he, was seven and six before Tannehill got injured last year. He's kept this team very competitive over the last couple of seasons. So even if this is a bad offense, I do believe in Mike Rabel's ability to keep games close. And when games are close and when you're losing, because I don't think they're going to be good, they're going to get the ball to their guy. They're going to get the ball to Traylon Burks, and he's going to have at least a 25% target share. At that volume, I'll take him. Yeah, personally. I would. I have him in a couple leagues. I would love to see the Titans go – you know, one in 16 this year and, and just have them down in every game and just have fourth quarter be the, the king of the fourth quarter be Traylon Burks. But mm-hmm. again, we can dream, but I'm going to go on the other side of this coin. I honestly just cannot get rid of Debo Samuel fast enough. And I think that right now, like this is the absolute peak of value that we are going to see for Debo Samuel for the rest of his career. I mean, number one, uncertain QB situation. We don't know if they're going to draft somebody, whether it's going to be Sam Darnold, whether it's going to be Brock Purdy, maybe Trey Lance will start. And from the previous year to last year, he went from first to 129th in fantasy points above expected. And like we've talked about this on this podcast before, it's just there's no other players that are playing on a team with another top 20 wide receiver, a top three tight end, and a top three running back all on the same team with the mid-tier QB. And even though Debo Samuel last year did not have as great of a season, like I think he was worse than people thought. I mean, in the games that he played, he had just three finishes inside the top 20 wide receivers. Christian McCaffrey is still going to be there, and he is going to be taking away a lot of those rushes that Debo Samuel used to get that made him so valuable for fantasy. So while people still have some belief that Debo Samuel can be productive, I'm trying to get rid of him because there's also a chance that they try to move him, get a little bit cheaper on offense, and they add someone like a skill position player in the draft. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I mentioned a few weeks ago that Debo's only wide receiver one campaign, 30% of his yards came on the ground, and that's not happening when Christian McCaffrey's on this offense. But the offense is stacked. Where do you rank this offense this year? Do you think they'll return to form as a top five, top 10 offense? Yeah, I think it, it, it ultimately is going to depend on who's who's the quarterback. And, and not only who's the quarterback, but which quarterback can even stay healthy. I mean, because this team yeah. notoriously has dealt with a lot of quarterback injuries over the last few years. So in a magical world where, you know, Brock Purdy continues his late season stretch, gets back early in the season and plays a full year, sure, they can be a top 15 offense. But Brock Purdy probably isn't back for week one. And he's still, you know, Mr. Irrelevant that was a rookie. Like, like, what does this offense look like? I think more likely than not, they're probably going to finish as a mid-tier offense as a whole. And I think the week-to-week value of everybody outside of Christian McCaffrey is, is going to be a little bit tough of predicting who's going to go off in what game. And that's going to be the challenge for fantasy managers. And that is why I will be getting that off my plate and trading Debo Samuel where we can. But let's move on to tight end before we – move on to our number one bonus trade away player in all of dynasty. But what about tight end Ben? Like who's a player that you want to trade for or player trade away at that position? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'll always be on the, you need to be trading for Travis Kelsey, but um, I do think that there is some value in trading for Greg Dulcich right now. The the tight end position is such a crapshoot position. So you might as well just throw a dart, pick it. That's who Dulcich is for me. He's 23. He's one of the youngest tight ends within the top 20 on keep trade cut other than Kyle Pitts. And in this offense, I think we might end up seeing Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton on the move ahead of the draft. The Broncos do not have a ton of draft capital. Five total picks between pick 67 and 195. Those are their only picks because they sent them all away for Russell Wilson. And I think we need to open up some mouths to feed on this offense. I love Cortland Sutton. I think that he is uh, Russell Wilson's preferred target based on the unrealized um, air yards he had last year, 509. That was the ninth most in the NFL. And then also he led the team in target share. But Sean Payton was brought in to fix this offense. He's a bit of a tight end whisperer. You know, Jimmy Graham, Taysom Hill, Jared Cook, Benjamin Watson. They're all tight ends with notable fantasy football seasons under Sean Payton. And we know that Dulcich has the tool set to become a talented tight end. He had the third highest average depth of target among tight ends last year between Pitts, Waller, and ahead of Mark Andrews. He was top 10 in yards per reception. And then he was also seventh uh, per player profiler in target separation. That's really impressive. I do think that Greg Dulcich could be a really great tight end, but the position, you know, it's scary. I'm curious who you have. Yeah, and the tight end position is interesting because it it makes it really easy to find a diamond in the rough because, like, there is so little competition, but it's also so difficult because there are so many little diamonds in the rough that it makes it harder to find whoever that guy is that's going to rise to the top among a lot of not great candidates. My question for you with Greg Dulcich is, like, what does his ceiling look like probably behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? Because like as you know, in the average fantasy listener is saying, okay, Jerry Judy's the guy, maybe Greg Dolcich is the number two. But like you said, with the unrealized air yards for Cortland Sutton, that says to me that Greg Dolcich right now probably at best is number three. And with the version that we saw of Russell Wilson last year, like what do you think that Greg Dolcich's ceiling looks like for this year? What's the best finish that he could have? Yeah, so this is a mostly just a bet on Sean Payton coming in, fixing the offense, whether that's by trading away Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton to get some extra draft capital, improve the offensive line, and put Russ in a spot where he can cook. We're all salivating, Russ. Feed us, please. I really do think that top 10 is in the range of outcomes for Greg Dulcich, but that means nothing because if you're not uh, touting one of the top two, top three guys, the tight end position, you might as well be streaming week to week. So I'm hopeful that we can see Sean Payton elevate this offense and Greg Dulcich can be your tight end for years to come, but it really depends. I'm just betting on something happening during the draft, some type of trade and uh, something that improves that offense. There's probably people right now that are saying, Ben, well, you know, the GM just said the other day that we're not trading Judy or Sutton, but as we know, GMs lie all the time. One thing could change one thing to another. All it takes is one really good offer. But for me, the player that I'm sending that good offer myself for is Evan Ingram. I cannot get me enough Evan Ingram. To me, he's discount Dallas Goddard. I mean, last year, Evan Ingram was top five in tight end targets and routes run. He was second in yards after the catch. He was top five in both receptions and receiving yards. One of the things that I really liked about Evan Ingram, too, is the fact that he led all tight ends in slot snaps last year, which are obviously very valuable for fantasy. He was ninth in yards per route run. I mean, this is a guy that's being valued outside the top 12 tight ends right now in Dynasty, 
And all these stats we're talking about are top five, top five, top five with Evan Ingram. And the only concern I think for me that I have is just the fact that he was franchise tagged and he is currently holding out. But just a couple of days ago, the Jaguars GM said that we're trying to get him signed to an extension soon and we'll hopefully have him at, for the start of training camp. But I'm, I'm very in on Evan Ingram, but he is 28 years old, Ben. So like, where do you fall? Because I think you've been pretty accurate on tight ends in the past when we've talked. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I'm worried about Evan Ingram's target share behind Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. It's the same thing with Greg Dulcich. We know that he's going to be at least the three in the offense, but now we've got Calvin Ridley coming in. And Ingram's red zone target share last year is only 10 and a half. Uh, behind Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones. So now, again, Calvin Ridley, how much red zone upside does Evan Ingram have? It's this issue with tight ends where we really just do not know until they break out. Evan Ingram's got an incredible skill set. We know that in the playoffs, he was a valuable part of the offense. And I think that a bet on Evan Ingram is a bet on um, Travis Lawrence taking a step forward and continuing to be an impressive, potentially an elite quarterback. I personally would be taking that bet. So I think taking Evan Ingram, he might move on from Jacksonville this year, but potentially on a really big deal where he will be an elite tight end. Maybe. I don't know. It's tough. This position's tough, Alex. Yeah. I I think it's still going to be Evan Ingram. Ultimately. I think one of the other things that like should also be mentioned is that yes, Calvin Ridley is going to come in. There's still going to be other weapons, but he was still top five in routes run for the position. And if anyone is probably going to see a downtick, it's probably more likely to be your Christian Kirks or your Zay Jones, the guy that Calvin Ridley is going to be taking over their positions. I did say Evan Ingram's leading the team in slot snaps. So some of those slot snaps might go down a little bit, but ultimately the other thing that people should be keeping in mind of is who's the coach. It's Doug Peterson. And what has Doug Peterson done in his career as a head coach? Done nothing but produce top five tight ends. He did it last year with Evan Ingram. He did it for Zach Ertz's entire career. I mean, I think that ultimately it is going to be fine for Evan Ingram, but I think the volume definitely could go a little bit down, but I would expect the efficiency to go up with Calvin Ridley taking some of the targets away. But the last part of our show today is probably the most exciting part in the number (laughs) one player to trade away in all of dynasty the draft is coming we only have a couple more days to submit our offers before everything changes and after ben and i both looked through everything that we had we each said there is one player that you need to be giving up for some draft capital or player capital before the nfl draft begins so ben we'll go to you who is your number one trade away in all of dynasty fantasy football I can't believe how people are still valuing valuing Javante Williams. He tore his ACL three weeks before Brees Hall. And Hall's recovery is going so well. There's videos of him running right now. But there are rumors that Williams isn't going to be ready for week one, let alone this season. He had a really bad ACL injury. And he may not return to the proper caliber of a player. And I think this is a really hot take. He's currently ranked as a dynasty RB1. He uh, He's currently the RB11 just behind Najee and the incoming rookie Jameer Gibbs. But to me, that's screaming sell. Upgrade, please. The, I just talked about how this is a team with only five picks and running back is one of their biggest needs. I just talked about how they need to improve this offense. So how are they going to enter the season with Samaje Pirine as their starting running back? They're not. He is currently an RB1 in fantasy, uh, Williams that is, and we know he has this uphill battle. We know that 
if the Broncos do this correctly, he's going to have competition for the RB1 spot at some point this season. I'm not denying the talent or the ability, but the running back landscape is shifting. The last thing I want to talk about for Javante Williams, I got this from Derek Brown at Debro underscore FFB. He said this on Twitter this morning. Uh, Denver has a new running backs coach, Lou Ayeni. He was the Northwestern running back coach and recruitment from 2018 to 2022. Sean Payton loves running backs who catch passes. We saw that with Alvin Kamara and Evan Hull was the pass catching running back with 54 receptions last year at Northwestern. He was second among all big 10 receivers with 483 receiving yards after the catch. He fits the bill perfectly. This is the type of guy I could see coming into Denver challenging Javante Williams. And if he looks good, there's no going back to Javante sell him before there is another running backs running back in the mix because this offense needs it so what do you what do you say to the people that in, in dynasty leagues at least and this might only apply to specific people where they're saying ben i'm, I'm rebuilding you know javante williams is still super young he has an elite production profile i'm fine with the fact that he tore his acl because i'm not trying to win right now and i'd rather get him at a discount i mean to those people are you or would you be telling them that you should be buying javante williams at that point with that type of scenario or are you still saying that right now things are just going to be a little bit too murky to be able to trust him long-term. I'm saying that keep trade cut says that you can trade him plus like maybe Juju Smith Schuster for the second pick overall. And you can take Jameer Gibbs and feel really happy about it instead of feeling like, uh, what's going to happen in Denver. I love that. I love that. The The price is still extremely high for Javante Williams. Definitely something that people can take advantage of me personally. I love me some Javante Williams. I will not be trading him away, but Ben, that is some really big stuff that you have to consider. Before I get to my number one trade away candidate in Dynasty, don't forget to check out the 33rd Team's Rookie Guide. You can find it on the homepage of the 33rdteam.com. It is the most efficient and informative draft guide on the market. It's a downloadable PDF. There's over 50 prospects covered with player comps and so much more. Don't forget to check it out. And while you're doing that, you should be trading away Dalvin Cook in Dynasty. What people see on the outside as you look into the store and you're looking at the shiny toy that is Dalvin Cook, you see four straight seasons as a running back one coming off his healthiest season of all time. He's had a minimum of 86 scrimmage yards per game in the last three years. But on the other side, Albert Breer said today that the Dal Dalvin Cook is likely not to be back on the Vikings at $11 million per year. And people also forget that Dalvin Cook is going to be 28 years old in August. And do you no matter what in fantasy football, as we saw with De Derrick Henry last year, the minute people see 28 on a running back, they are running away. And he turns 28 the week before the NFL season starts, which is dangerous for fantasy. So they're saying that Dalvin Cook might not get brought back. He's too expensive. He's also about to be 28 years old. I get it that Dalvin Cook has been nothing but really productive, but ultimately we could see a number of different scenarios where his value goes down significantly very quickly. There are teams that are contending that are going to say, hey, I'm going to go get Dalvin Cook. You know, let's ride one last run. I don't care if his value goes down, but if you're someone who is not competing for a championship, you should be selling him because if they cut him or trade him or do something with him within this next week, his value could go down from maybe multiple first round picks in dynasty to maybe not even a first, depending where he goes or if he gets released. So I'm just saying, 
buyer beware. But mm-hmm. am I getting a little bit too much on you know Dalvin Cook for trading him away? Absolutely not, especially when you have to consider Alexander Madison has proven to be such a capable backup, such a capable starter, not just for real football, but also fantasy football. He's currently the RB35 right now in Dynasty Leagues. Are you taking him at that price then? Yeah, I think you definitely have to. Again, like it just depends what your team looks like. If you're a team that's contending or close to contending, Alexander Madison could be a league winner. You know what I mean? We could be two days away right now. It's the time we're recording this. From on draft night, the Vikings trade away Dalvin Cook. They say, we believe in Alexander Madison. And all of a sudden, you have a borderline running back one for the rest of the year. So at, if not, you have someone in Dalvin Cook who's missed at least two or three games every season of his career outside of last year and is going to be 28 years old in August. So you're getting him at his floor at running back 35 where he's probably the best handcuff in the entire NFL Or there's a scenario where he could be the starting running back on one of the better offenses in the NFL come week one. So for me, I am in on Alexander Madison. But that is it today for the fifth episode of the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast. Don't forget, like I mentioned, check out the 33rd Team's Rookie Guide while you still can. I think it is the most efficient rookie guide on the entire market. It's downloadable PDF, over 50 prospects covered. There's player comps and so much more, but he is Ben Wolby. I am Alex Caruso, and this is the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast. And don't forget to tune in for a special edition of the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast coming on this Sunday, talking all things NFL drafts. Don't forget to tune into that and keep tuning in for the next episodes to come.